it's a privilege for us to be here. And uh, we, we love, uh, our, love your church, and uh, we love you people. We think of you often, and uh, what God has done through the years uh, through this ministry. And we're, we are excited about what God is doing in uh, your lives and in the life of your pastor and, of course, his wife. Uh, we are uh, very proud of uh, what uh, your pastor, John Yeomans, has become and uh, is becoming. Uh, I don't say that just trying to be nice. I, I, don't have to, I don't have to try to be nice. I'm just naturally nice. You know? <laughs> but, uh, and also, let me say a word. Uh, some of you know about uh, the church where I pastor. We lost our secretary uh, just uh, the beginning of April this year. She was 52 years old. Uh, we didn't expect her to leave this, this world but uh, some of you have rallied behind us and uh, supported the girls. She left behind. The, the girls lost their father in 2017, and now they've lost their mother. So they are uh, really in a almost destitute way. And some of you uh, in this church I know have been familiar with that situation and have contributed to it. And we want to thank uh, Bible Baptist Church for having a part in uh, sustaining them through these, these days. Uh, this morning, I want us to think about uh, give what you've been given. By the way, thinking about giving, did anybody lose a, uh, a wad of bills with a, with a rubber band around it? <laughs> because I found a rubber band. <laughs> if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to... 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want us to think today about giving what you've been given. Giving what you've been given. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. I'll read the entire verse, but I want to take a portion from the beginning of the verse. Paul is describing the Lord's Supper. And he said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And then he goes on to detail what happened that night at the Lord's Supper. But I want to take a phrase at the beginning of this verse, where Paul says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. And I want all of us to be thinking this morning about giving what you have been given. Paul said, I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. So Paul is, Paul is saying that he received something from the Lord himself and he is giving it to the Corinthians. Paul says, I got something from the Lord and I'm passing it on to you. I passed it on to you. I'm giving it to you. What I've received, I am giving. Let me suggest to you this morning that there are two types of Christian. I believe both of them are found in the New Testament. I believe there are those who have something to offer and those who do not. You remember the familiar story. In fact, you might want to turn there. Turn to Acts chapter 3, the book of Acts chapter 3. And it's a familiar story of Peter and John who were on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. By the way, that's a good time to go to the temple, right? At the hour of prayer. That's a good time to go to church. 
at the hour of prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him with John, said, Look on us. No, sis. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. He must have been a Baptist preacher, right? <laughs> he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So on their way to prayer in the temple, they came to this certain gate, the Bible says, which is called Beautiful. When they came to this gate, which was one of the many entrances to the temple, the Bible says that there was a man who was laying there who was crippled from his mother's womb. And that crippled man lay there begging. And he had no thought of being saved. He didn't even realize he needed to be a Christian. But he sat there begging and lifting up, I imagine, a pitiful hand. I suppose he said to these two preachers, give me some money. Give me some alms. You see, this man had a real need and he had an imaginary need. His imaginary need was gold. His real need was God. Notice something very important in this passage. I tried to emphasize it as I read it. Look in verse 5. This man expected to receive something from these two preachers. Verse 5, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. You know, I believe that even the world expects something from us as Christians. And as a Christian, I believe we ought to be able to deliver the goods. Remember the story in the Gospels of a man who had a lunatic son? You remember how the, the boy was brought to the disciples and later expressed surprise that they could not cure him. He said, I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. They were, that man was expecting something of the disciples and they couldn't produce. Now in our passage here in Acts chapter 3, Peter said to this lame man, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up stood and walked and entering into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I want us to think this morning about giving what we have. Remember Paul said, I delivered unto you what I have received. I've given that to you. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. 
and never did a man give any more, and never did a man receive any more. What a challenge came to these two men. And when the challenge came, they had something to give. These two Christians had something to offer. There's another man mentioned in the Bible. I suppose he was a Christian. I don't know. The Bible doesn't specifically say. But if you go to Luke chapter 11, we don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter 11, verse 6, we read that Jesus said a man came to his neighbor's house at midnight. You remember the story? And this man, he, they knocked on his door, they woke up this man, and he said to his neighbor, I've got a problem. He said, some folks have come to me tonight, and these are his very words. I have nothing to set before them. He said, these folks have come to my house, they're hungry, they're tired, they're in need, but I have nothing to set before them. That's the tragic admission of this man in Luke chapter 11, verse 6. So I say there are two types of Christians. One said, such as I have, give I unto thee. The other said, I have nothing to set before them. Two types of Christians, those who have something to offer to a a, a weak and a dying world, a needy world, and those who have absolutely nothing to offer. So they think. Which type are you? Which type are you? Are you the kind who can say, by the grace of God, such as I have, give I unto thee? Or are you the type of Christian who says, I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give. Paul said in our text, what I have received, that I have given unto you. I've passed it on to you. I have it, I'll give it. So let's think about this question. As a child of God today, you might say, well, what do I have to give? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> As a child of God, you have many things to give. First of all, let me suggest to you that we have salvation to give. We have salvation to give. Now, when I say we have salvation to give, I do not mean to imply that any of us have the power to save someone else. But I do say that you have, as a child of God, you have salvation from sin. And by the grace of God, you have, by faith, you have that to offer to every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl on the face of the earth. Remember our text? For I have received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you. A challenging question for all of us who know the Lord today. How many of you have passed salvation on to some other human being since the day you got saved? That's convicting, isn't it? A convicting thought. But you know, the Bible gives us the record of many who, who did pass on salvation to others. I read of Andrew. Andrew in the Bible is a wonderful character. Andrew didn't say very much. You don't, you don't hear him talking very much. Now his brother Peter did. Peter talked a lot. Peter had an answer for everything. He knew the answer to all the questions, but not Andrew. What do we read about Andrew? In John chapter 1 and verse 41, we read, he first findeth his own brother. 
he first findeth his own brother. Andrew had just been saved. Andrew had heard John the Baptist preaching. He heard John the Baptist point to Jesus and say, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And Andrew was one of those two disciples who just stood by, by the wayside, listening to John the Baptist preach, and he did what John said to do. He looked and he saw Jesus Christ, that Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He had read about him in the Old Testament. He had heard it preached that Jesus was coming, and now John is saying, there he is. That's the Lamb of God. And Andrew looked at him and was wonderfully saved. He believed on him. And the Bible says that the very first thing he did was to get his own brother. And then as we read on, the next verse, John chapter 1, verse 42, here's the second statement about Andrew. And he brought him to Jesus. What do you have to give? If you're, a, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, you have salvation to give. You have that to offer to someone else. You say, I have it. You ought to say, I'll give it. I'll give it. He found something that he could give to the very first member of his family. That's who he sought out. And then as we read on in this chapter, John chapter 1, we read about another man, Philip. Philip was saved, and in substance, this is what he said. He said, we've, made, we've discovered life's greatest discovery. We have found him. And then in verse 46, we read this. He said, come and see. Come and see. He said, we have found him. Come and see. Now, we found the Lord. You see, Philip had something to give. He received it from the Lord, and he wanted to pass it on to someone else. Come and see. He had something to give. What beautiful words are these? We found him. Have you found the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Then pass it on to someone else. You have salvation to give. Moving on in John, we find in chapter 4, we read about the woman at the well, the, the woman of Samaria. She came to the water to draw, to the well, I should say, to draw water. And the Bible says that she left her water pot there. That forsaken water, that water pot speaks to me that she has found water from the wells of salvation. She leaves that little old unsatisfying bucket there and she runs into the city. And when we read on in John chapter 4, we come to verse 29, she says, Come, see a man that told me all things that ever I did. He has cleansed me. He has saved me. Now, I want you to come and see him. You see, every Christian has something to give. You have salvation to give. I say to you this morning, pass it on. Pass it on. Give it to somebody else. In John chapter 4, verse 39, the Bible says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of that woman, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Paul said, I got this blessing from the Lord and I'm passing it on to you. I'm delivering it to you. 
How convicting is this message, this question, when we consider how far would I have to go back in my life? How far would you have to go back in your life to reach that person that you should have brought to Christ or told them about Christ many years ago? How long since you've been saved has it been since you've told somebody about Jesus Christ? Folks, I'm saying today that if you know Jesus as your Savior, you have salvation to give. What else do we have to give? Let me suggest to you that we have truth to give. I believe that's what Paul is talking about in, in our text. He said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Now, you know, you and I, I don't need to tell you this, we are living in an age which is almost destitute of truth, the truth. I don't mean to be opinionated or, or biased, but I believe that there are few religious people in North America who have ever come to the knowledge of the truth, of the truth. The Bible bears this out. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 Paul said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This refers to the doctrine or the teaching of the, of the Word of God, the Bible, God's holy Word. And Paul said that some people would depart from it. That's happened in our age. Someone has said that that a lie will travel seven times around the world before the truth can even get its boots on. I believe that. That's the day that we live in. People prefer to believe a lie. People have departed from what the Bible teaches. Paul said, the truth that I have delivered unto you concerns the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And those things I have delivered unto you. And Paul is telling us that many people have departed from the truth. Paul said, I have something to give. I'm going to give it to you. It's the truth. Paul preached the faith that he once destroyed. Remember that? He found the truth. Paul said, I got it from the Lord, this heavenly truth, and I've delivered it unto you. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, this is what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Did you notice there's a fourfold chain in that statement? The first link is, he said, The things that thou hast heard of me. That's Paul. Then he said, the same commit thou, that's the second link, to faithful men, that's the third link, who shall be able to teach others also, that's the fourth link. Paul got it from the Lord. He committed it unto Timothy. Timothy committed it unto faithful men. Faithful men committed it to, those, to, to, to others. He taught it to others, and they taught others. God's program for propagating the truth of the Word of God throughout the world is this method. I have it, I'll give it. That's it. 
There are people who do absolutely nothing to impart truth to others. Many who ought to be teaching the Word of God still need to be taught. Paul wrote in Hebrews chapter 5, he said, For when for for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such that have need of milk and not of strong meat. You sit here this morning, you say, what have I got to give? You've got salvation to give. You've got the truth to give. What else can you give? You have material things to give. I don't, I don't believe that there's a, a human being on the face of the earth who cannot give something materially to the Lord. If you go to, to Luke chapter 21, we read the account of Jesus watching people in the temple, watching them as they were giving offerings to the temple. Yes, Jesus watches when we give. Luke chapter 21, verse 1, uh, verse 1, the Bible says, And he looked up and saw the rich men casting in their gifts into the treasury. He saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For these have of their abundance cast into the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Jesus watched as she put in a half penny or less. And he said, she hath cast in more than they all. Because the Lord not only looked at what she gave, but she recognized, he recognized all that she had left which was nothing. <laughs> I remember years ago about uh, a story of this family in the States. And they were poor. They were poverty stricken. They didn't have a, a dime to rub against another. And they were talking about the president. I think it was FDR that uh, was going to do away with poverty. And they, thought, they, they heard that and they, they thought, oh my, what are we going to do? If he does away with poverty, we won't have anything. <laughs> That's all they had. You know, this woman had nothing. But every Christian is able to materially give something to the propagation of the gospel. Did you know that Jesus put his stamp of approval on tithing? Notice carefully what he said in Matthew 23, in verse 23. He said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay, ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law of mercy and faith. Then he says, These ought ye to have done, but not leave the other undone. Here Jesus, I believe, is saying that we ought to tithe our income to Christ and the work of the gospel. One of the most challenging verses in the Bible on the matter of giving is also carries with it one of the greatest promises in the Bible. Luke chapter 6 and verse 36. Would you listen to it? Give, and it shall be given unto you. 
good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. You say, do you expect God, do you, do you think that God expects everyone to give? Yes, I do. I do. So that you may always know that your heavenly Father will supply your need. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Many of you know it by heart. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You ought to give so that you will always know that you are in the center of the, of the will of God. You ought to give to God just like he said to do. Think about this. You will never know if God will supply your need unless you are in need. I believe God means for every Christian to be a giving Christian in every church, whether it's large or small. If every Christian would give of their tithe, give their tithe or give an offering, there would never be a financial problem in a church. Never. Because that's God's way and that's God's method. I'll give you another method uh, message before we move on. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul said, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, there's nowhere in the New Testament that I've been able to find where Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. If you find it, you show me. But I don't think, I don't think it's recorded in Scripture. But Paul said, remember. Remember, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. The reason that this is a problem is because it cuts right across the grain of human flesh. The old flesh says it's more blessed to receive than to give. Here's something for you today. If I... If I had $100 and I pulled it out of my wallet and I said to you, I gave it to you and said, I want you to give this to so-and-so, there'd be no problem you doing that, right? Because I'm giving it to you. I'm asking you to give it to someone else. But let's change the scenario. Suppose I say to you, I want you to get, look in your pocketbook, look in your purse, and whatever you have there, I want you to give that to this person. Now, what changed? What changed? In the first instance, I'm giving you something that was not yours, and I'm asking you to pass it on to someone else. But in the second instance, you consider that what you have is yours, and you're thinking twice about whether you want to give it or not. But in reality... Everything that we have has come from God. Everything we have doesn't belong to us. We talk about my house, my car, you know, my boat. <laughs> we talk about my fishing pole. It's not mine. I didn't, I, I, the Word of God says we came into this world with nothing and we go out the same way with nothing. So what we have in this life has come from God. It's really His. So in a matter of giving, what are you going to do with what God has given to you? We have salvation to give. We have truth to give. We have material things to give. You say, what can I give? 
Well, I hope you can say I have a testimony to give. A testimony. Psalm 100, uh, 107, verse 2. The Bible says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Jesus in all things is our example. He's our example in witnessing also. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 13, notice what the scripture says of Jesus. I charge thee in the sight of God who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Christians need to have a good testimony in the home. That's important. Christians need to have a good testimony in their workplaces, their place of business. We need to have a good testimony with other believers so that even the skeptics will look and say, you know, there's got to be something to this Christianity. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. No Christian who is worthy of the name Christian should ever be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a testimony to give. A testimony of what the Lord has saved you from. It's not theology that we need to tell people. It's the living story of what happened in your life. What Jesus has done for us. Mark chapter 5 and verse 19. The Bible says, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell how great things the Lord hath done for thee and had had, hath had compassion on thee. We have a testimony to give. We have salvation to give. We have truth to give. We have material things to give. We have a testimony to give. Final thing, I believe we have a life to give. A life to give. Everyone has a life to give. Where'd you get your life? You got it from the Lord. God gave you life to share with others. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, and whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Think about that. Whosoever will save his life. That does not mean getting your soul saved. It means those who are not willing to lose their lives for the gospel will lose their life. And he says, whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. You save your life when you throw it at the feet of Jesus. That's the thing to do. You have a life to give to him. In those verses, we have the denial of life. We have the death of self. We have the determination of self to follow the Lord Jesus at any cost. And then in that ninth chapter... We'll finish with this. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. It came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man came unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have their nests. But the Son of Man 
hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which were at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. One man said, I will, but we never hear from him again. He was too forward. Another man said, I will follow you, but I'd like to go home and say goodbye to my mom and dad. He was too backward. Another one said, I will follow you, but let me first go home and bid farewell to my, my family. I, wanna, I, want to, I wanna say goodbye. Well, he was too undecided. You see, remember our text going back to the beginning. Paul said, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. One day I was reading something about John Wesley and it surprised me. Now those of us who have Christian homes and Christian wives and husbands and so on ought to thank God that your home is 100% Christian. John Wesley was one of the greatest preachers the world has ever known. He preached to multitudes. Multitudes of people were saved under his preaching. But it is said that when John Wesley preached, listen to this, his wife was a heckler in the crowd. Sometimes she, like others, would throw taunts in his face while he preached. But Wesley never wavered. Listen to me this morning. Do you not have enough, do you not have what it takes to serve Christ at any cost, no matter what others to do? We have a life to give, regardless of what others do. Think of Paul. What would Paul, what, what would you do if, like Paul, everybody had turned their back upon Paul? Paul said, I have no man like-minded. Like -minded. But what did he say at the end of his life? He said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So listen, I say to all of us today, I say to myself, we have to make up our mind. Uh, you know, young, young people here today, you have to make up your mind. Men and women, you have to make up your mind. Are you going to follow Jesus Christ no matter what others do? We have a life to give. So you say again, what have I got to give? You've got salvation to give. You've got the truth to give. You've got material things to give. You have a testimony to give. You have a life to give. What I've received, I will give it back. What I have, I will give to you. Do we have every head bowed, every eye closed, please? As we think about the message today, what does God want us to do? In our personal lives, 
What does God want you to do? If you're a child of God, you have salvation to give. Would you give it? You have the truth of the word of God. Are you willing to give it? You have material things to give. Are you willing to share that with others so that mission, missionaries can go, the demons can prepare to, to head to the Philippines? You have a testimony to give. What's your testimony in your home? What's your testimony in your place of business? What are you caught up with in this world? You have a life to give. All our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I wonder, would be, there would be one here today who would say, Brother Bowler, I'm not sure if I have salvation to give. I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm not sure if I were to die momentarily that I'd go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ and meet him in heaven. I'm not sure of that. But while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would there be one who would be willing to say, Brother Bowler, I would like to know that if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. I'd like to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Would it be one like that here today? Just slip up your hand. I'd like to see it. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you both. What about you as a child of God? Is there a decision that God wants you to make today about giving the truth out, giving salvation out, about giving material things, about your testimony, about your life? Amelie would say with the upraised hand, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, child of God, I'm making a decision in one of these areas to give what I have been given to someone else. Are there those like that? Yes. Several hands all over. Yes. Yes. God bless you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've given us so many things. Thank you for, most of all, the gift of your Son who came to this world and lived a perfect life and died in our place and yet rose again from the, from the dead and he is alive today to live in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would seal every decision that's been made this morning. And I pray that you would bless the remainder of our day. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.